Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire, Steven Universe fan podcast. This is episode 163, and today we'll be talking about Rebecca Sugar's first Adventure Time episode. It came from the Nidosphere. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, uh, we've talked about where Mr. Jones Cordy has gone after the show, and now we're talking about where Ms. Sugar was before the show. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not too much of a reach, and there's a lot of interesting things um from her first piece of work on Adventure Time, it came from the Nidosphere, a really strong uh, introduction into her space in, in, you know, professional animation at, at Cartoon Network. I mean, first of all, it won uh, an Emmy for the outstanding short format animated program. So, you know, not bad for your first episode ever to be, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, that is a that is a good award to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was boarded. This was her and... um. Adam Muto, who is now the director of Adventure Time, sort of like stepped up after Pendleton Ward stepped down. So this is really just like stellar talent on the episode. And yeah, there's a ton of influence that you can see from Sugar. A lot of things that sort of connected what she's done in Steven Universe. But so yeah, basic uh, impressions. This is a from season two. So way back early Adventure Time. Like what did what did you think about um, like where where do you see some of Rebecca Sugar's touches or some of her sort of signature things from her work? Oh man, they they, they called her in for an emotionally heavy episode. So I don't know how much of the emotional heaviness is her doing and how much is just her being assigned to the right episode, but this is this is where you call her in for the Steven Universe stuff. Yeah. Well, and like this is the start of season two. This is season two, episode one. And Adventure Time had not had anything like this before. I mean, this isn't like ultra like Adventure Time got much more um, emotionally complex at some points. But, you know, this is like (laughs) the first time we see like Marceline dealing with her dad and like it's sort of weirdly complex and like she sets it up so great at the beginning with just like finn doing his little beatboxing yeah and then marceline's yeah. song just getting more depressing <laughs> um i i like how this episode we unleash a lich scale threat on ooh with just just completely casually only finn cares <laughs> right she marceline at no point ever suggests that she cares about the souls of the fluffy people or anyone like ever, she never recognizes it because she's so into her dad. I, I like where she goes to catch the axe and lets Finn hit the ground. I mean, yeah, they they really really sold how that's all she cares about. You know, it's not just her saying that; she means it. Yeah, I also what she's kind of doing there is sort of almost a little more advanced thing of what what later happens in Steven Universe. But like, there's pretty much this balance between like Finn's like kid worldview and like idealistic view of like what he cares about and then like marceline this more complex like teenage emotional type thing this sort of like exemplified at the end of the episode when like marceline's like i'm emotionally tired and finn's like (laughs) i'm emotionally tired too wait no just physically tired (laughs) exhausted really it's kind of almost i can see a little bit of a stephen lapis dynamic here Hmm, yeah, that sort of brooding... uh... That is exactly the word (laughs) I would use. Lapis needs to play guitar right now. Wow, wow. I've never even thought about a team-up between uh, Marceline and Lapis before, but, you know, we haven't heard a Lapis song either. I would love for those two VAs to (laughs) do a duet. 
And Marceline's VA has been on Adventure Time, or on, uh, of course, she's been on Adventure Time, has been on Steven Universe for yep, um, yep. Sadie's songs. <laughs> I have not. So, yeah. Wink. So, mm-hmm. so it'd be really cool if she voiced a character, too. Or if we heard Lapis accidentally maybe sing along with that as well. That might be as close as we get. But anyway... On the topic of songs, though, so the Fry song, this is also, it's not just, of course, Rebecca Sugar's first episode is going to have a song in it. Um, yeah, obviously. <laughs> the the Fry song has an interesting history in that the original demo is at least twice as long, if not longer, and contain, starts off way more emotionally devastating than, than, the, than the real song, the revised okay, Sugar rated it in. Right, like, it just straight up starts out talking like that her father abandoned her and like uh, she's asking things like you created me. So why don't you want to see me? Like it's very brutal. And uh, there was some interview where Rebecca was talking about like the creation of the song and she was kind of like Penn said, you know, focus in on the main thing you're trying to say. And I guess the main thing she wanted to say was not focusing on all the child abandonment sadness, but mainly just the fry part. So just the chorus. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Gotta gotta make it funny. Right. And like, I think, like, I like that the demo exists out there in the world because it's really great and you should listen to it if you haven't, listeners out there. But um, yeah, it, it it's interesting how it fits into the Adventure Time canon of songs too, because a lot of the stuff's really loose and experimental sounding sometimes and so you kind of get that with finn's loose beatboxing style and marceline's not quite on beat but uh if you compare that to like the demo it's exactly like all of rebecca's work on edit steven universe where it's just like very good and and uh you know very much on beat and not like an adventure time style so it's interesting how she brought like you had those two worlds together just by marceline playing on her bass and and, and finn and that sort of theme carries out through the episode too I, it's it's just so good how she starts off with that song, getting that emotion, getting that comparison between Finn and and Marceline and what their desires are the whole episode. Like, oh, I'm pouring over it. I love it. <laughs> what did you think of Lumpy Space Princess's Oh My Glob Drama Bomb? <laughs> <I> mean, Again. <laughs> iconic. Yeah. <laughs> she, that that's such a great moment. Again, with that whole dealing with this situation. And again, like, Hunson is so, like, evil-looking, so menacing. There's a ton of detail in his face, which is yeah, obviously brought out by Rebecca Sugar's art. Like, I think she just went all in with it. It's it's pretty dark-looking, at least. So to have moments like that, which is Lumpy Space versus all the tension being broken all the time, it's just hilarious and works so well. Isn't that such a classic LSP line, though? <laughs> yeah. And in the, if you listen to the commentary track for this episode that they recorded, Ms. Sugar said that line actually came for when she made a call to Ian Jones Cordy. Oh, really? To ask what Lumpy Space Princess should say in that situation. And so one of the most iconic LSP lines came from a phone call. And from Ian. Thank you very much, Ian. <laughs> so much interconnectivity in, these, uh, in the creation of this stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, because I've always loved that line. It's not just the LSP's line. We have one of the most iconic Jake moments ever. And even <laughs> though Jake's not even in this episode, there's just like a pocket on Finn's shirt. Yeah. And who knows how that came about. If someone just drew Finn with a pocket and later they threw in this joke, or if they just wanted it the whole time because it's the first episode where Jake isn't like a, 
a part of the plot, and they just have him <laughs> farting. I think the better Jake part is the part Jake wasn't even there, and I I liked the soul food joke. That's a that's a joke that Jake would have busted out himself if he was there. Hold on, I got some soul food. <laughs> it was Jake who packed it, so... Yep, yep, so, yeah. I mean, we got Jake by proxy, and it was wonderful. Yeah, the, well, also, those fluffy people were uh, just hilarious. Hunson's interaction <laughs> with the one guy... Uh, That'll make <laughs> what comes next all the more horrifying. Right, like, just hitting him. I, I just love the slapstick hilarity just smacks him with the base and the guy's like what what was that supposed to do you could have killed me you could have killed me like the line's so serious uh (laughs) like i don't know for like being used to the whole steven universe world of like stakes being serious but like not using that kind of language all the time like just that little fluff ball saying you could have killed me is (laughs) i just died (laughs) unlike him unlike him Oh, um, let's see, Ms. Sugar, when she did her little, hey, this is the episode I have coming up, she said that she was responsible for the sex jokes, and I did like the whole, I'm gonna get in his pants. <laughs> and then, what? And it's like, wait, I, I mean... Yeah, Adventure Time used to have a lot more of those sort of innuendo-type jokes. Uh, Steven Universe has not really had that, you know. We even had some redacted ones, like the Wiener and Hand sign. So, you know, uh, this was... Again, just press F to pay respects to the Wiener and Hand stand. I know, I know. There's you know, This episode, too, reminds me, again, referring back to that sort of... I don't know a better word than just detail, but, but the uh, amount of work that's clearly put into, like, especially Hunson's face and just all... Of, it's just very expressive animation. It, it reminds me a lot of the art for the the pilot in some ways of Steven Universe. And just that combined with like the types of jokes she got to tell. Like, I love Steven, but there's there's a lot of places where Rebecca Sugar likes going that she's still sort of limited to doing even in Steven Universe that you can kind of see here. The types of jokes, the types of drawing that she likes doing, you know, and uh, you see a lot of that in her comics. And oh, yeah, she too. said she was responsible for all of the monstrous, scary a uh, drawing of Hunson Abadir towards the end there. Yeah, and she loves that stuff. I mean, again, when you look at the art book and you see, like, you know, we've talked about the cluster and all that. Like, you see that she she loves the sort of terrifying and uh, all that. And she sort of tried to do that with the gem monsters. But, you know, that's it's it's way taken back now in the actual art style of Steven Universe. Yeah, with Finn cutting open uh, Hunson's you know, soul sack with the with the two swords. She said she was really happy they let her keep that. <laughs> she loves grossness. Even in one of her most sad comics, the I can't remember the name, but the one with the two brothers and one of them's dying and they're sharing Simpsons mm. jokes, which I can't remember. Um, but like, you know, those characters are drawn very like sort of ugly almost, <laughs> just like with with gross amounts of detail. Oh, uh, yeah. That I, I love that style of hers. And um, it's too bad that doesn't always get to come out in in Steven Universe, but but here, yeah, it's just awesome. There's a reason all this came together to make make for an Emmy, which I don't even know the next time Adventure Time won an Emmy after this episode. There's only been a handful, but yeah. Did it win for Jake the Brick? Um, Jake the Brick definitely got it. There, I think it just won last year or this past year's too. Um, against, I think it beat out Mr. Greg, or maybe that hasn't happened yet. I'm not, I'm not sure. This episode also won. Pendleton Ward's favorite episode of season two, whatever that counts for. So the blessing of Penn be over this one. But 
yeah, this was a uh... oh in the in the commentary track they go they go on about the fill face for a little while the the face that Finn draws to summon mm. Huntsman in the first place. I like that he bakes it in the dirt with the two swords. Right, he's a really good artist. It it sort of reminded me of where else like where they stopped using that joke in Adventure Time. Like I tried to look back on the on the Adventure Time Wikia and see like how far they took that face. It's interesting, some of those early insider jokes that they had. <laughs> but yeah, any Marceline episode is going to be a good one. Yeah, I again, it's sort of interesting to see uh, Rebecca explore this kind of dad archetype versus like in Steven <laughs> Universe, we have a totally wonderful dad in this Greg. This is like the anti-Greg. This is exactly like the anti-Greg, totally uninvolved in his kid's life. Uh, you know, the kid's not even sure if he loves her. It, it's really interesting. I don't know exactly where Rebecca pulls inspiration from this. According to the art book, it looks like her and Steven had a pretty great childhood. So hopefully she's not pulling from any personal dad issues. But but she really touches it here. Like, uh, I think this could definitely connect with a lot of people. I mean, really, who hasn't had a time where their father has gone and tried to suck the soul out of everyone on the planet? And ate your fries. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's that's harsh. And then insulted the fries, too. Like, Right. Uh, it doesn't matter if they were already cold, Dad. I don't care about that. I don't I see don't how care. that makes it any better. No, that almost makes it worse that he would be complaining about it. Mm. <laughs> uh, maybe he was saying that he wouldn't have done it because if he had known, A, how much it would have hurt her, and B, how not good the fries were anyway. Right, both of those are important to tell Marceline at that moment. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is Hunson Abadir we're talking about. I know. Well, Mr. Marceline's dad at this point in the series. Right, the... that's true. We don't even say his name. We say Daddy and Mr. Marceline's dad. Of course, we'd never learn that much about him anyway. I mean, there's only two more episodes that feature him directly, pretty much, uh, besides some background paintings of him appearing in places. There's still one more episode coming up in, you know, this final season of Adventure Time that I think focuses on him and I can't remember who the other person is. There's like a episode titled Hunson and something. Uh, I think it might be Hunson and Simon, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, both of both of Marceline's father figures coming together for one super episode. I'd watch it. Oh, that's actually a good point. That's why they would be together, because they are sort of... I always forget... That yeah, Simon was sort of a father figure too. But an another super important part of this episode that we can't uh, we can't neglect to mention is the the throwaway line about Gunter being mm. the most evil force that Hunson Abadir had ever encountered. And of course, eventually they take that and they use that to give us Orgolorg. Seriously, I I don't I really doubt Adam or Rebecca or anyone else on the show had put that there on purpose. But they definitely did the the Adventure Time retcon mastery, which is remembering everything that happened in the show and making something fulfilling off of even the most throwaway line. Oh, yeah. In, in the commentary track, they, they do cop to just, hey, you know, we threw this out there and then we used this later. Yeah, that's... So I, I'm I not even that. pretending. No, I love that about Adventure Time. The way they develop that canon is sort of like... Everything connects hilariously well, but only because the staff knows about all the previous episodes so well that they can just build something new. But they yep. never had a groundwork. They were just like, yeah. it, it is great to watch, though. Like, yeah, but I think they call it like the Adventure Time way or something. They, they, they recognize they do that a lot. Yeah. So at least they're self-aware. 
But I, I just loved that whole scene. I soiled my tunic completely by choice. <laughs> Man, yeah, Ice King's early lines. Uh, <laughs> I love Tom Kenny. Good, great stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, so besides like the dad archetype sort of differing from Steven Universe and and that sort of balance between the adult world and the kid world, uh, there really isn't like a, a too much else that's connective. The other thing that I sort of noticed was the you know obsession it's not just rebecca but really the staffs of both shows just love old recording formats just old anything the uh, retro yes. stuff so like them recording on the tape and then finn playing that tape later just totally fits in you know just like playing the vhs tapes in both shows you know yes. revealing important details i guess rebecca loves doing that too they've locked onto our heat signature mm-hmm <laughs> so that that's sort of here too is sugar influence, but that's pretty much pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. Any more thoughts about it came from the nightosphere, Rebecca's mm. first outing on Adventure Time. Yeah, she did. She did awesome, awesome work. There's a reason why it only took her a, a few. I mean, every episode she does on Adventure Time is is considered by the fans to be a classic. And then she just went from there off to Steven Universe. So, oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a while before we talk about it. But she has what I think is my favorite episode in the series, to her credit. Mm. Oh, absolutely. She has my favorite Adventure Time song easily, and my favorite episode easily. Well, I don't know, easily, definitely my top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So, guys, that's us on it. Came from the Nidosphere. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Hang in there through this hiatus, y'all. <laughs> Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.